Well, good afternoon, friends. This is Pure Grace with Kitty. I want to talk to you today about um, some stories from my childhood and tell those with a little bit of scripture here. So I'm going to start with um, a portion of, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to start here in Genesis with chapter 2. This is the creation of man and woman. This is the account about the development of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. No bushes that grow in the field were yet on the earth, and no plants of the field had yet sprung up, since the Lord God had not yet caused it to rain on the earth. There was not yet a man to till the soil, but water came up from the earth and watered the entire surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust on the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man who he had formed. Out of the ground, the Lord God made every kind of tree grow, trees that are pleasant to look at and good for food, including the tree of life in the middle of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river went out from Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became the headwaters of four rivers. The name of the first river is Pishon. It flows through the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Incense and onyx stone are also found there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the same river that winds through the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. This is the one which flows along the east side of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and settled him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. The Lord God gave a command to the man. He said, You may freely eat from every tree in the garden, but you shall not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for on that day that you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is suitable partner for him. Out of the soil, the Lord God had formed every wild animal and every bird of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called every living creature, that became its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the sky and to every wild animal, but for Adam no helper was found who was suitable partner for him. The Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. As a man slept, the Lord God took a rib and closed up the flesh where it had been. The Lord God built a woman from the rib that he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, Now this one is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman, because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, and will remain united with his wife, 
and they will become one flesh. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So thank you again for being here with me today. So let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord, that you stay with us while we gather here, and bless us with understanding and hearts to do your will. Almighty God, you gave your one and only Son to be the light of the world. Grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory, that he may be known, worshipped, and believed to the ends of the earth. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen. So I thank anyone who has encouraged me to stand up and share what I can to carry out God's will for my life. And there are too many to name here, but most of all, I want to thank the Lord Almighty who sent angels into my life to push me to reveal his message at a time such as this, and I am grateful for it all. So today I'm going to tell you a little story. It actually takes place in a few locations, um, but it's kind of about how children go about their day and things that they experience and um, the urgency of parents to um, take heed to what is happening in the world around us. So uh, I was about, I can't remember, I have to say I was probably about six years old, seven years old. We lived in a place in California called La Crescenta. We had moved around to a few locations because my dad was into fixing up houses and selling them. Um, and so anyway, we lived in a little neighborhood in La Crescenta. Behind our house was an elementary school where we attended. And then across the street from the elementary school, there was a big park. And it had all the typical things that a park would have. But one of the things that it had that was really, um, it really drew us children in, at least the ones that I was around, were these hedges of oleanders, formed a big hedge all around the perimeter um, of the park. And we could, without going through the park entrance, we could just go across the street and climb over this um, stone wall. It wasn't very high. It was just a little stone wall, about knee high for an adult. And we could climb over that and then we were inside the hedges and we could play hide and seek and all kinds of games. Well, we used to go in there and we used to catch bugs and catch um, lizards. And um, one, one day we climbed over the fence and I went off in my own direction to go hide. And in those bushes, I found some women's underwear. And I was kind of curious about that because it's like, why would anybody leave underwear here? Just had me thinking a whole lot about it. And then not too long after that, I think I've told the story before, but um, there was an incident at the school where uh, there was a man in a black car that used to pull up as the school, the kids were being let out of school and he would pull up on the side of the road there across from the park and um, try to get kids to get in the car with him. And I have a friend at that time who did get in the car with him and we never saw her again. 
So all of these things happened around this same time frame. And I don't know what it was that actually propelled my father to finally look for a new job. But um, there was a writer's strike and it moved us to him taking a new job in Olympia, Washington. And I'm telling you this background because I had already had this exposure of while we were free ranging, you know, back then, this was in the 60s. And back then, a lot of children just roamed around, you know, no, no supervision. You know, we were trusted that we would make good decisions. And it makes me think of that little song. That's why I put this in the title. I didn't learn this as a child because my family, um, we didn't have a, a faith life, you know, that we were aware of. We didn't sing too many of the Christian songs, but there's a little song. It's be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the good Lord up above is looking down with love. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. And it goes on, but um, yeah, I think of that when I think of what happened um, in those times. Because then we lived on, we moved to Olympia, Washington, and we lived on this house that was on kind of a hill. We had a grassy hill on a corner lot. And um, across the street, was this kind of creepy house. The people who lived in it were still building it, but it was kind of, it always gave you this weird feeling. And behind that house were these woods. Well, I discovered along with the new friends that I made there, that there were, most of the year, there were these blackberry bramble bushes that grew all over our neighborhood, but especially in these woods, on the edge of the woods and then deeper into the woods. And they had these delicious blackberries you could just roam and pick. Well, all the ladies in the neighborhood used to pay us kids to gather the blackberries for them. So we would take our little baskets or a shoebox or whatever you had to put the berries in and go picking as many ripe berries as we could find and then go door to door. And the, the women who were home would buy those berries from us, you know, and then we'd get some little money and we'd go collect some um, glass deposit bottles and go down to the corner store and buy candy, you know. Those, we used to get bubble gum, two pieces for a penny. <laughs> And so it would have given us lots of pennies for lots of gum. Yeah, I used to love to chew that gum. But I started noticing there when we go playing hide and seek and exploring in those woods across the street, I started finding things just like I was finding in those bushes in California. Started finding women's underwear, bras and underwear and I puzzled. It's like with all these brambly bushes back here, why would I find these strange things? You know, who would want to do that back here? I don't know if any of you have ever lived or do live in Washington, but in the um, in the uh, Olympic Peninsula, there it, it's a rainforest. 
but it's kind of a cold and damp and dreary kind of weather all the time. And so anyone taking their clothes off outside seemed kind of strange. Well, we still would pick those blackberries because we like to get our bubble gum. And um, there happened to be a time where I didn't find just the underwear back there. I found some magazines that I was kind of curious about. I was all back there in the woods all by myself and there were these magazines with these women inside that didn't have any clothes on and in my house you know i didn't know what a, a body looked like except for my own and so i brought the magazine home but even though i was innocent to all of this I didn't know it was wrong, but I had a sense that something was wrong, you know, that God was telling me not to do this, but I still did it anyway. So when I took it home, I hid it under my mattress thinking that, well, nobody goes under there. Nobody will see it under there. I was thinking, I guess, that maybe sometime later I would look and see why, why don't I look like that? I know that's a woman, but I don't look like that. You know, there was something different about those pictures to me. So anyway, next thing I know, you know, we would just go to school and come home. And I guess it must have been laundry day because my mom, I come home and my mom is so angry. And, and I don't know why she's so angry. And then I remember, uh-oh, I put something under my mattress and I guess I wasn't supposed to put it there. And she screamed and screamed at me. And I just remember sitting and crying, you know. And, you know, it was that, wait till your father gets home. And I know when my dad came home, he gave me a spanking. And I didn't understand. I didn't know. And, but I, I knew I wasn't supposed to see whatever it was that I was looking at. So I took the punishment and I stopped going looking for blueberries, not blueberries, sorry, blackberries. And, um, and then we moved to another house in another neighborhood in the area. And we didn't have that issue anymore there, but it weighed on me all the time. I kept thinking about, you know, my body and how it looked, you know, and here as children, you know, we're not aware of our own nakedness in the innocence but once we've been exposed to something that takes away that innocence you know that our eyes have seen you know the devil starts putting that um, heaviness on our hearts and it becomes a pervasive thought well it's interesting too that not right before we moved out of that house one of the things that happened, I had to go get a towel because we used to take a piece of cardboard and put it on the ground and slide down the grassy hill. It, in the wintertime, it would have snow and then you could take a sled. But in the summertime, we'd just take a piece of cardboard and slide down the grassy hill. And I must have been a little bit dirty and I went to go and get a towel out of the closet and when I went to pull that towel out, a magazine fell out from underneath the towels, but it wasn't the one that I had found in the woods. 
It was something that apparently my father had put there. And it was the one with the bunny ears on it. And it fell out. And quickly, quickly, I threw it in the trash. And um, no one said a word. And we moved to the other house. And still nothing was said. But I always remembered, you know, the shame that came along with that. The awkwardness. It was some kind of barrier that suddenly was building between me and my father because I knew if I hadn't put that there and that wasn't the one that I had found, I don't think my mother would have put it there. It didn't seem like something my mother would have been interested in. So then I knew, I just knew that it must have been my father who put it there. And it just really, it made me afraid of my father. I was afraid I was going to get set up and blamed for something. You know, it was something that never got resolved. And, um, you know, it takes me back to the story of Adam and Eve here. You know, there were those two trees there. The tree of life, which I believe has a lot to do with our natural procreation and our natural way of living without fear, without lust, without um, shame, in that this is how God made us, right? And this is, we're made to love one another and we're made to look to him as we would a father without that fear. But once we come to that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, one, with that tree, the other tree, the one that God told Adam and Eve to leave alone, that tree was the tree of all the pleasures and sins that lead us away from God. And once our eyes are opened to that, we become afraid of God. We become just like I was afraid of my father from there. And we, we start to lose our trust in what God has to say. That tree of life doesn't become important anymore. The way God made us and the things that he wanted us to do. You know, it also means that the evil was already there. It had already occurred. Why did God want to warn us about it? Well, part of that thing is he also gave us free will. And so if we didn't have that free will all the way back to Adam, if he didn't have the free will and choice, he would have been like a prisoner and obedience would have been a hollow act. You know, we show love to God by making our will his will. But the good news is that in Revelations 22, the tree of life appears again. Let me see if I can bring that up for you here. It's pretty amazing how God... Um, 
you know, is already in our hearts as we, um, when we are born a child with that innocence, with that um, nakedness, without shame, you know, that I, I, I contemplate on that a lot. You know, how can I turn my heart to be the will of God, to be there without shame, with honest love as a child loves? Um, I don't know what you think about that, but here, you know, I, there's hope. There's hope as we muddle through this life of evil. You know, I don't like to think about who it was that put those things there in the woods for a wandering child like me to find. I was always curious about things. I loved being out in nature and to have that love for what God created be damaged so heavily by the evil that was already there. I didn't put it there. You know, I didn't put those things there, but I stumbled on them. And I was, I was able to be fooled into thinking I should look at those things. But here in Revelation, it tells us about how paradise will be restored. It says here in chapter 22 of Revelation, The angel showed me the river of the water of life, which was as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of the city street and on each side of the river was a tree of life that yielded 12 kinds of fruit. The tree yields its fruit every month and its leaves are for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. His servants will worship him. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. There will no longer be any night or any need for lamplight or sunlight because the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. It also tells us that Jesus is coming soon. The angel said to me, these words are faithful and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And look, I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who holds on to the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, and the one who heard and saw these things. When I heard and saw them, I bowed down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers, the prophets, and also with those who hold on to the words of this book. Worship God. The angel also said to me, Do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book because the time is near. Let the one who is unjust continue to be unjust. Let the one who is filthy continue to be filthy. Let the one who is just continue to do what is just. Let the one who is holy continue to be holy. I mean, it, it's just amazing there, isn't it? And then Jesus speaks 
And he says, look, I'm coming soon and my reward is with me to repay each one according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they might have the right to the tree of life and so that they may enter through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, that is the sorcerers, the adulterers, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears this say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wants the water of life take it as a gift. I give this warning to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are written in this book. The one who testifies about these things says, yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. Lord Jesus, come. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all the saints. Amen. And so with that, um, we know that Jesus promised that this is going to be restored. I'm not sure where you fall in that place, in your faith, in your trust in Jesus. But I hope that you will consider those things that you are seeing and hearing and letting your hands do. I would hope those things would all be to the glory of God, all be things that are there for good. <clears throat> you know, when Adam and Eve realized that they had sinned, they grabbed the fig leaves and put them to cover themselves. They created a barrier. And I would hope that you could find a way to remove that barrier of shame and guilt of those things that you've done or experienced. If you could, I'd like to tell you about something that was put on my door the other day. And I want to ask you, are you 100% sure you will go to heaven when you die? Because we think about that sometimes. I'm not good enough. I've done too many bad things. But in John 3.16, God says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So first, realize that God loves you. Second, realize that everyone is a sinner. 
In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Third, I want you to know that sin has a price that must be paid. Just like I had to receive that spanking from my father. God is, God is merciful and just. And he put somebody in our place to take that punishment for us. It says, Romans 6, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, Jesus Christ died to pay that debt so that I did not have to receive it. You do not have to receive that punishment of death. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God commandeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ did die for us. And then finally, all we need to do is ask Jesus Christ to forgive each one of us so that we can also receive eternal life and be returned to that tree of life. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So through prayer, you can ask Jesus right now to be your personal Savior. Ask him today, Lord, I know that I am a sinner. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I accept you right now as my personal Savior. Thank you for saving me. Amen. So, I thank you for being here with me today. I hope that this message too will bring you closer to our Father in Heaven. If you ever have an idea that you'd like me to talk about and share, you can find my contact information for Telegram and here on Podbean and an email address where you can find me. It's puregracewithkitty at gmail.com. And let us pray. Heavenly Father, work in us so that we believe and live the word we have heard today. Move us to love all ministers of the true word wherever they serve. Protect us from the temptations that surround us. Give us pure hearts and minds. Bless our land with peace and prosperity so that the gospel may be proclaimed to all. Fill us with joy over every sinner who repents and comes to trust in you. Lift the eyes of the distressed to your love in Christ. Gracious God, you govern and direct all things, and you love all people. Hear our prayers spoken and silent, and answer them in your wisdom and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you again for joining me today. Um, make note, I'll be posting my podcast on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. I would like to also direct you to some other great podcasts. Look for Scott Kesterson at Bards FM, Ben D at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 
um, Bards FM at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and Fishers of Men at midnight Eastern Time on Podbean. And also Kilted Christian with Duncan McGregor at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, you can go to Podbean to see his other scheduled podcasts. And there's lots of others in the Bards Nation that I would like to direct you to. If you go to the Bards Family Room on Telegram, you can find those there. But send me a message if you'd like to know more about God's grace. This has been Kitty of Pure Grace with Kitty. I give you love and God's blessings to you. Indeed, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. I know what makes me comfortable. And I know what makes me tick. And when I need to get in my way, you know how to pull it on thick. Cream and sugar in my coffee. Right away when I awake, I face the day and pray to God I won't make the same mistakes. Oh, the rest is out of my hands. I'll let let go what I cannot change. I'll let forgive what I cannot change.
Change.